the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, Psalm 92 verse 12. One go. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. We're going to read it again, but this time... You are putting I everywhere you find they. All right? Okay, so starting from the righteous. I am the righteous. I shall flourish like a palm tree. I shall grow where you find he. You put I also there. All right. I shall flourish like a palm tree. Let's go. I grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I'm planted in the house of God. I flourish in the court of my God. I bear forth fruit in my old age. I am fresh and flourishing. Shout a believing amen if you believe it. Okay, so the Bible says that we are planted to flourish. Somebody say I'm planted to flourish. Everybody wants to live a flourishing life. And God also wants us to live a flourishing life. But he says for us to live a life that is an ever flourishing, ever green life, we need to be planted. Somebody say I'm planted. There is no other place we can be planted for a flourishing life but the house of God. We have to be planted and established and rooted and grounded. The Bible said, be rooted and grounded in love. There are places we have to be planted. You see, coconuts don't grow anywhere. Apples don't grow anywhere. I remember a couple of months ago, I saw some Facebook. They said, uh, on Facebook, they said, an apple has grown up somewhere in Pancrono. I said, that's a lie. Because apples don't grow in Ghana. Praise God. At least if it is not a, if it's not a fallacy, then it's true. That apples don't grow. We import apples from all the way from where? Israel or one of those places. So from South Africa, right? South Africa and some other places. But we don't grow it here. For you to grow as a child of God, you must understand that you won't grow at a beer bar spot. Am I communicating here? You will not grow if all you do is to sit by a draft and play morning to evening. Pa! 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 And they, they'll be using all those adjectives and language they use there. I don't want to go there. You won't grow like that. If you want to grow, you have to be planted on the right soil. Somebody say, I'm planted to flourish. Okay, and then place you and I are expected to flourish is in the house of God. Unfortunately, a lot of people come, but they don't get planted. 
They don't get planted. They don't allow themselves to be planted. To be planted means to be established. To be planted means to be grounded. To be planted means to be rooted. And for us as a church, we want everybody in our church family setting to get the best out of God's house. And so, this church is divided into families. Somebody say families. Families. Say families. families. A family and each family is made up for minimum of 12 people. Every member is expected to belong to one of such families. The families are headed by family shepherds. Somebody say family shepherds. The family shepherd is a shepherd God has appointed to nourish you and to take care of you and to assist you in your spiritual growth and development. That's what family shepherds are. And we want you to know how you can get the best out of it. And we are sharing with you practical steps. Somebody say practical steps. The things we are telling you to do, when you follow them and you do them, you can only be ascending in your spiritual work. Praise God. So, what are those practical steps? Two of them mainly. One of them is that if you are going to get the best out of our church families, we have to first and foremost understand the purpose of God for the church families. Somebody say God's purpose for the church families. The church family was ordained by God as we saw in the book of Exodus, as we saw in the book of Acts. How? They met in homes and then they met in the temple. It's the same thing. When we meet in small groups, we can describe it as meeting in the homes. And when we meet at the temple, that's one level. So, God ordained it for our spiritual upkeep, for our spiritual care and nourishment. That's why God put the church families together. God also put the church families together so that it can become a medium through which multitudes will be reached for Christ. And then number two, the second most important, and that is the focus of last week's teaching and today's teaching is to connect to your assigned church family and be fully committed to it. Somebody say connect and be committed. Say connect and be committed. There have been times in the past where people in church have been assigned groups and then they took themselves of the group by themselves. We want to encourage you not to go on that tangent. The groups that you have been assigned, those of us who have been assigned families, those are the families you have been assigned. If you have to change, there are conditions under which you can be reassigned to another family. And we would want to see that those conditions are in place before you are reassigned. So we want to encourage you, any family you've been assigned to, stay committed and connected to it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay connected and committed to it. Okay, so don't just be connected, but be actively involved in whatever goes on. So you are on WhatsApp. Every Saturdays in the morning between 5.30 to 6 a.m., we meet and we pray on those platforms. Don't oversleep. Wake up and pray with others. It's always important. There are many things people do with others, but not many spiritual things. We go through life and we engage in many activities with others. But when it comes to spiritual matters, we don't have like-minded people to do it with. That's why it is always important that when you have an opportunity to fellowship with believers, you don't take it for granted at all because most of the things you do in life, you do it with unbelievers. And the camp you keep, the relationships you maintain, the contact that you regularly interact with, they influence your life a great deal. 
Most of the time, people are not transformed by great teachings. They are transformed by great relationships. So, when you receive the right word, but you keep on keeping company with the wrong company, you will lose whatever relevance you have with time. That's why it's important that we stay together and we remain committed to each other. If you look at the early church, they were always hanging out together. If they were not in church, they were in outreach. Everywhere they went, they were together. And that's how God expects life to be for us in church. So, how can we get the most out of our church families? One, know and cooperate. Last week, that's what mommy walked us through, about six of them. Today, I'm going to touch on nine things. Somebody say nine. Number one, be friendly and open with your fellow family members. If you are a member of a church family, you have to be friendly. You see, the reason why in a large church like this, it's very difficult to know everybody and to be friendly with everybody. But once we come into small groups of 12, at least there we expect that you know everybody. That is not the place you tap somebody and you are trying to find their names. In a group of 12, you should endeavor to know at least everybody's name. That is part of the friendliness. Be friendly. Be friendly. Some of us are so hostile as if the whole world is against us. Be friendly. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24, he said, a man that has friends must show himself must show himself how many of us want to have friends? You must first of all be friendly. You have to be friendly. Be kindly disposed. Be friendly. Know how to interact with people. Know how to engage people. Know how to talk with people. Be friendly. You have to learn that skill because sooner or later it's not just a skill you need in church. It's a skill you need for life. We live in a generation where people have more time. They are intimate with their phones than they are with human beings. It's a very serious thing. If you use a phone that can give you the ability to check your screen time, check it, and you see how much of your life is being wasted away. Yeah. Some phones have screen time. Every week, I check my screen time. Yeah. If I'm spending too much time on it, and I'm not reading now. I don't even do much reading from my phone. So, in a day, if you do more than two hours on your phone, something is fundamentally wrong. You are wasting your life away. Yeah. We can have a meeting here or we can have, let's say, a dinner here. And by the time you realize, people are hooked to their phones. Human beings are seated and people are hooked to their phones. Yeah. That is the era we live in. You go for a meeting and by the time, I mean, every now and then, even me who is talking, sometimes I'm tempted. I remember at the time we went for a meeting somewhere and mommy was kicking me on the foot. Yeah, we were sitting with some other people and I, I was just uh, trying to, I think I'd receive a message or something. Social interaction has increasingly reduced to phone contact. Meanwhile, phones don't advance us. Phones don't change us. Phones make us more and more and more increasingly isolated. When you are sick, a phone cannot take you to hospital. When you are sick, a phone cannot visit you. You need to make contact with people. And you must be open and receptive to people. Somebody say an amen. amen. So you have to be friendly. Be friendly. Learn to get along with others. Look at what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12 verse 15 to 16. When others are happy, be happy with them. When they are sad, be sad with them. Be friendly with everyone. Don't be proud and feel that we are smarter than others. Make friends with ordinary people. Somebody say make friends. Say, make friends. make friends. And by the way, church people are not ordinary people. 
church people are people who are blood washed, Holy Ghost filled, supernatural people. Those are the best people you can ever. You have value for your schoolmates. You went to Premier College. You went. Listen, all of those people, they don't match any of us here. We are the people who represent the kingdom. We are the people who are most excellencies. And we ought to be regarded highly. Any respect you give to any human being outside, give double respect to church people. Any respect you give to your boss who is not born again, you better accord double or triple respect to people who belong to Christ. I realize that when people mature, spiritual relationships become more important to them than others. Carnal people and natural people are so hooked to natural relationships. Check your life. If you are maturing spiritually, check the kind of people you spend more time with. There are a number of things that are indicators that you are maturing spiritually. One is your relationships. Your relationships. Your relationships. The more you become spiritual, the more you like to hang around spiritual people. Not people who are full of gossip. People who are not going anywhere. And then number two, when you are maturing spiritually, the more you invest in kingdom matters. Your finances. That those are indicators. People who are living for themselves don't invest much in God's kingdom. They do a lot of the investment in themselves and in useless causes. Praise God. Yeah. You can be born again and your friends for many years who are not born again are still your best of past. There are people who don't trust people in church but they trust people outside church. You suspect everybody in church but you have the audacity and the sense to trust somebody who is not born again. Somebody who has no fear of God in his life. Some of us have been disappointed before. And because you've been disappointed, you suspect everybody. You will enjoy your life like that. Oh. You will never enjoy your life like that. To walk in love is to be hurt and be ready to be hurt again. That's what it means to walk in love. That's what it means to walk in love. This overprotective nature, I don't want to be hurt, I don't want to be hurt. You will live like a hermit. You have to open up. You can't walk in love without being hurt. And when you are hurt, you don't withdraw. You keep on loving. That's it. That's love. Real love is not the love that is protected from hurt. Real love is the love that gets hurt, forgives, and moves on again. Somebody say an amen. amen. Yeah. This message is not very interesting, but I'm preaching it anyway. Yeah. Be friendly. Somebody say be friendly. Yeah. The reason why some of you, you, you can't look at your life and tell any friend you have. Most of the time you think that it's people, it's you. If you look into your life and you can't turn and see somebody who has been around for about 10 years, 15 years, 5 years, something is wrong with you. Check your life. There must be one person you can turn and look at. Almost everybody that ever comes your way, you just as they are coming, they are leaving you. You are like a bus station. Come and go, come and go, come and go. It's not like that. There must be certain permanent people in your life. Yeah? That's a life that's going somewhere. So be friendly. Turn to your neighbor and say be friendly. Number two, learn to give and receive love, care and concern from your family members. You see, the essence of the family is to get people to celebrate with you when you are celebrating and then also mourn with you when there is a need for you to mourn. That is the essence of the family. But some of us are so secretive and we are into ourselves. No matter what is happening, oh, be our problem in person, be our problem. Listen, a couple of years ago, we lost a very dear friend of ours. And by the time the person died, 
And some of the things that came out, I said, really? So this somebody we caught, our friend was dealing with all of this and we never knew it. I have one mantra for life. If I would die, I would die talking. I won't have bought it and die with it. Yeah, that's why church is a good place to do it. When we come to understand what our responsibility is to one another, and then we open up to one another, then we are free. That is how scripture expects us to behave. The Bible said, treat everyone with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Somebody say, love your spiritual family. Say, love your spiritual family. Yeah, it's a biblical instruction. Love your spiritual family. Love them. Love the people. Some of them, you don't like their nose. You don't like their height. You don't like, but you have to love them anyway. There is one obligation you owe everyone, and that is love. Somebody say, I owe you love. That's the only thing I owe you. If you owe him money, don't tell him that. Yeah, if you've collected his money, you have not paid, don't create a fight after this one. Praise God. But we owe every man love. Somebody say, I owe every man love. Number three, set time aside every week to pray for the growth and advancement of your church family as well as family members with special needs. Family members with special needs. When we are truly together as a family, we will know what is wrong with someone. Is that not the case? In an intimate family, it cannot be that something is happening to someone and we don't know it. We know who is well. We know who is not well. We know who is sick. We know who is challenged. We know who is uh, available, who is not available. And that is what we are supposed to do. So set time aside. As we get to know people's challenges they are dealing with, ours is not to market it. Ours is not to noise it abroad. Ours is to stand with them in prayer until the victory is won. Somebody say an amen. amen. That's what we are supposed to do. So you hear something that is a challenge in a particular family, you pick it up and then you begin to intercede. And you intercede until God intervenes. The Bible says, but more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then all the other things will be yours as well. Message version says, make this a common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right is something powerful to be reckoned with. The New Century Version says, the prayer of a believing person. The prayer of a believing person causes great things to happen. Your prayer will make great things happen. Yeah. Number four, habitually. Somebody say habitually. habitually. Say habitually. 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 Do you know that there are people who are in church and when they don't come to church and after some time they have not visited, they are go like, oh, I've not been in church and nobody has called me. You see, the family sense is now to make you the one who calls others. We don't want you to be the one waiting to be called. We want you to be the one who is aggressively checking on other people who are not showing up. Am I communicating? Now, that's a better option. You see, when I read the scriptures, I always assume the better option. Like Jesus was speaking, he said, I was sick, you didn't visit me. Somebody quickly wants to be the one sick and not being visited. I want to be the one who is healthy and visiting every sick person. So rather than sit down and say, ah, and nobody is checking up on me, why don't you pick it up and check up on yourself? You are in a better position to do that. The Bible says you should not stay away from church meetings. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Don't stay away from church meetings. But as some people are in the habit of doing, don't do it. Because it's not healthy for your spiritual life. 
it doesn't advance your spiritual growth and it impedes your progress in the spirit. So don't develop that habit. But some way, somehow, as old as those times, people were doing that. And today, people still do that. There are some people, they come to church this week, but we'll see them in three weeks' time. Some will come, and the next time you see them is in three months. And all of these people are there. And the Bible says, we have to check up one another. Check up. You, every time, if it's a prayer page you are watching for a brother who is not there, a sister who is not there, the responsibility of ministry is not all on the head of the family shepherd. Are you with me? The responsibility of taking care of the family. Now imagine a family where everything is on their husband. He will die before his time. The husband can do everything. The wife can do everything. Everybody needs to play his part. And I pray that the grace to play your part will rest upon him. So, now imagine that you are checking up on me. I'm checking up on you. Everybody is checking up. There won't be anybody who is waiting to be checked upon. And that family becomes a healthy family and will begin to grow together as a church. Number five, actively participate in special events in the life of a family member. There are some people, when something is happening in the life of another family member, they are always busy. Always busy. They don't have time for anybody else but themselves. That's a selfish way to live your life. Make time for others. When somebody is doing an event, make time and be there. Even if you pass there for a short time, you have been there. That's what family is about. Somebody is celebrating something, be there to celebrate. Sometimes people don't show up because they are either jealous or they are envious. Sometimes people don't show up because whatever is happening in the person's life, they wish it was happening in their lives. And let me tell you, the best way to experience the good things happening in the lives of others is to learn to openly and joyfully and aggressively celebrate what is going on. Whatever you celebrate multiplies in your life. Whatever you attack dwindles in your life. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 to 26, this makes for harmony among the members. So that all the members care for each other. Somebody say, you must care for me. As I care for you. Yeah, you must care for one another. That is what the body is about. The body, we are a body. The church is a body. And as a body, we must care for one another. You can't say, what happens to my leg? I don't care. As far as it's not my hand. No, whatever happens to your leg, you feel it too. That's why you can hit your a toenail against a stone and you feel the pain in every part of your body. There is no part of the body that is isolated from the pain. If one part is hurting, the entire body is hurting. So that each, all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, 26, give me 26 please. If one part suffers, if one part suffers, all the parts do what? All the parts do what? All the parts do what? Yeah, so if somebody has lost a a mother or a a, a child or something, and then we are going to console the person, make yourself available to them. That's ministry. That's what? That's ministry. That's ministry. When Job had his crisis, the Bible says his friends came and they sat down with him. Sometimes sitting down with people without talking is ministry. There are things that sometimes people go through in life and you don't have anything to say. You just have to sit around and be around them. 
That is an essential ministry. Number six, learn to forgive any family member who offends you and live in peace with one another. It's amazing and it's really satanic, you know. People easily forgive people outside church but struggle to forgive things that happen in church. I don't know why. Yeah. People can forgive things that happens in their workplace and they still go there to work. But when something happens in church, they hold on so strongly and the Satan, he magnifies the thing. So that you don't, people begin to, I mean, some of the things that people can do in church when they feel hurt. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you wonder, sometimes you are a pastor, you wonder, really? So for all that has been going on, this person, where were they? Have they been part of what has been happening at all? You are surprised, but that's how it happens. You must learn to forgive. Somebody say, learn to forgive. Say, learn to forgive. The Bible says that Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Colossians. There is a clothing we are supposed to wear. He says, therefore put on. Somebody say, put on. The way you are looking is, you are looking the way you are looking because of what you chose to put on. Whatever you put on today is what is showing in your life. And the Bible said, as you wear your jacket, as you wear your agbada, as you wear, also learn to put on as a child of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, compassion, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Make allowance. Go to the New Living Translation. Make allowance. Somebody say, make allowance. Make allowance. In other words, create space in your heart. Expect it and be ready to let go. Make allowance. There are people who sometimes make it too difficult for. They make people pretend because they don't allow people to be themselves. And church is a place where people can pretend a lot. Because when people are genuine, we use it against them. We use it against them. When a brother opens up that this is the challenge, I'm the ah you. So that your tongues is fake, eh? That is not the spirit of church. It is in church a person should come up and be able to express himself and open up freely. That this is what I'm dealing with. And number one, expect that they will not be judged. Number two, expect that they will not be condemned. The reason why a lot of people will rather pretend and fake it, like fake it until they make it and they never make it. Because you see, <laughs> you see, it's because we are too quick to judge and condemn people. Too quick to judge. Too quick to judge. The moment the matter comes, sometimes you will not even finish and somebody has already concluded. Bible says, make allowance. Somebody say, make allowance. Make allowance for one, each other's fault, including your own fault. Yeah, because when you stand in judgment strongly against someone, usually it's because what you are dealing with is yet to be revealed. When they caught the woman, they said, we have caught her. We've been looking for her. We have caught her. Red-handed in the act. Jesus said, all of you have issues. You've not been caught. But by revelation, I've caught all of you. If there is any of you who has never done what this woman has done, cast the first stone. Cast the first stone. That, you see, that's why at that instance, there was nobody who could stand and condemn the woman. And all of us, anytime you have, you begin to think that you have a higher moral ground to condemn and sentence someone, you must always be reminded that you don't have what it takes. 
none of us has what it takes. What somebody's strength, your area of strength may be somebody's area of weakness. Somebody's area of strength will also be your area of weakness. The only person who has forever and will always have the key to condemn any of us, he never uses that tool against us. Praise God. All of them dropped their stones and they left. And Jesus, who was the only one who knew no sin, who had what it takes to condemn, he said, neither do I condemn you. That's why he will not accept anybody who rises in a place of condemnation over the other. If God does not condemn, you and I have no right to condemn anybody. Praise God. The Bible said, there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. You see, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan is seeking to condemn you. Your conscience is condemning you. So when you come to church and you are also made to feel condemned, it means that there is no hope for you again. Make allowance. Somebody say make allowance. Number seven, treat one another in your church family with respect and dignity without recourse to their background. No matter who, what the background of a person is. In the family, everybody. You know, there are some families where the people who are doing well are the only people who are celebrated. Yeah. That may go for a natural family. But in the spiritual family, it doesn't work like that. Everybody matters. Somebody say, everybody matters. Everybody matters. Yeah, everybody matters. Everybody matters. Because all of us were purchased by the same precious blood. That is our value. You know your value. Your value is not your degree. Thank God for it. Your value is not your specialty. Thank God for it. Your value is not your money. When we come into Christ, our value is a blood that was shed for us. And that blood is the same. The blood that was shed for the intelligent is not superior. The blood that was shed for the engineer is not superior to the blood that was shed for the carpenter. All of us, the same blood has washed us. And our value before God is the same. Never feel that you are somebody that you are not. Because in Christ Jesus, you are really nobody. Praise God. The Bible says, you see your calling, brethren, how there are not many wise men. If you were called by God, you are not wise. Praise God. Yeah, I didn't say that. He said, you know your calling. Am I communicating here? <laughs> Give me First Corinthians chapter one verse twenty says. Let me show all of us our level. Yeah, those of you who think you are something, all of us. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Take a look, a good look, friends, at who you were. You were when you got called into this life. How many of us have been called into this life? Lift up your hands. Yes. Yeah. Let me describe you very well. He said, "I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you." So that uh, pride thing is in your imagination. In the eyes of God, you are nothing. He says, not many influential, not many from high society families. All right? <laughs> Go to verse 27. Uh -huh. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. <laughs> now look at that verse. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Yeah, so God leveled all of us. God, you see, that's why God does not rate us by our accomplishments in the flesh. You see, the more spiritual people get, eh, 
Pastor James, the less conscious they become of their accomplishment. You see, what I'm saying now, somebody is not happy. And pastor, that shows that your spirituality is really not far. The higher you go spiritually, the less you consider your accomplishment in the flesh. Apostle Paul the things that were counted to me as gain, I counted them but dunk. You know what dunk is? Let me not spoil your Sunday morning. Dunk. I count them as dunk. The things that were gained to me. The things that were gained to me. And he was talking about amazing accomplishments. A lawyer of impeccable standing. Intelligent man. Rabbi of rabbis. Concerning righteousness of the Pharisees. Blameless. You can take your seat. And he said, all of these, I counted them but dunk. That I may win Christ. May win Christ. That becomes your primary. Now, aspire for great things. But if you are aspiring for great things to boost who you are in Christ, I tell you, you can never improve who you are in Christ. You can improve who you are in the world, but who you are in Christ, you can never improve it. Because what Christ did to make you who you are, he did it by his blood. Praise God. And that blood was the same blood shed for everybody. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Yeah. That's it. So when you come to church, don't wear your cassock to church. One of the things God does not really like is people who think they have something before him. A man went and stood before God. He said, you see, you see me? You see my record? I, I pray twice a week. I fast. I am a, my tight record. Not once have I broken it. He said, well, whosoever exalt himself, I will show them their level. Whosoever humbled himself, I will lift him up. Because see, what God uses to measure our wealth is not what human beings look at. So learn to see your value in God and in Christ. Number eight, consistently give your monthly welfare dues as a family member. Whatever we are accorded to do, make sure you do so. Make sure you do so. Pay everyone then what you owe them. If you owe any kind of tax, pay it. Show respect and honor to all them. Fulfill your obligations as a citizen. Fulfill, fulfill your obligations as a member of your church family. In closing, bring to the attention of your family shepherd boldly and lovingly. Somebody say boldly and lovingly. Say boldly and lovingly. You see, when we say lovingly, it means that when you are bringing something to the attention of your leader, it is not something that you are seeking to use to destroy somebody else. The Bible says love does not destroy others. Love has the best interest of others at heart. If there is something you have observed that cannot help the group, can undermine the group, or can destroy a person's life, draw the attention of your leader. And do so lovingly. This is what I've seen. And I've been praying about it, but I felt I should share with you. And before you even do that, I mean, I mean unless it matters that relates to the group, it has to do with the personal, personal life. Pray over it before. Most of the time, we are quick to talk about things we've not prayed about. Am I communicating here? I'm telling you, the reason why we talk a lot, and we, when we pray much, you talk less. The things you pray much about, God will always find a way. So when you have people who have a lot of things to say about people, you want to really check whether they are really praying for the people. Because the more you pray for a person, the more you see the better side of the person. Am I communicating here? May the Lord give us wisdom. May the Lord give us grace. And may our families be strengthened. May we move from glory to glory. May we rise up to become the kind of people God has ordained us to become.
Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflivechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflive.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.